Only 12 days remain on the calendar for the outgoing 115th Congress, but it's got a lot to do. Half the government is operating on a continuing resolution. That expires next week. Here with a look at what might be a fire drill of a session, Bloomberg Government Editorial Director Lauren Duggan. And Lauren, let's start with that deadline next week. Any movement? I mean, they've been away for so much. Well, they were back for the one week and then left again to go home for Thanksgiving. And now they really have to get down to the serious talks about what to do with this spending deadline. Um, Five of the 12 bills have been signed into law. So the most expensive bills have been tackled. But in terms of the number of agencies with funding uncertainty, there there's a number that just don't know what they're going to have going into the rest of the fiscal year. Because you've got Homeland Security, right. Justice, State, some biggies. Yeah, some biggies. The Treasury Department, IRS, which, of course, they're getting ready to do tax season next year. Um, DHS is one that stands out because one of the major funding issues left to be resolved is what to do about the president's call for border wall funding, which has taken on even more salience in recent days and weeks with um, the so-called caravans heading toward the border. And then this weekend, um, the visuals, which were quite stunning, of people running toward the border and than tear gas being fired. So the border is going to be very much on everyone's mind as they sit down to have these talks. And whether that funding is provided in whole or in part in this spending bill will be a major determinant, I think, of how easy or hard the talks will be. There's also the emergency measures because of all the wildfires and floods in recent months that might affect the spending levels that FEMA would seek, one of the big DHS components. Right. And now those emergency funds could be over on top of the amount of money that we would normally be arguing about just looking at regular funding for DHS for fiscal 2019. But certainly the wildfires will be um, in, under consideration. And in addition to just the funding questions and what to do about the appropriations part of the package, this bill will be a very attractive target to other committees and other negotiators trying to move their legislation forward before the end of the year. Because as you noted, there's not a lot of time left There's not a lot of floor time in particular to assemble a package and get it through the House and the Senate. So anything that they can reach agreement on and stick on some sort of year-end wrap-up bill, um, that's the surest fire way to get something through and to the president and signed. These could be magnets attracting the metal shavings of amendments that might appeal to a given member here and there. Absolutely. You can kind of pick your metaphor here. Some people talk about it as the last train leaving the station, whatever you want to use there. Um, it's it's going to be an important big bill. Um, and of course, the more you put into it, the harder it is to tank it because you don't want to knock all these things down. But then you also have to balance, if I put provision X in there, am I going to lose a group of members and make it harder to get things through? So it's a very delicate dance that leaders will be doing. And at what point do the outgoing members and those that lost their seats, I guess they're also outgoing members, have to move out of their offices and into those cubicles in the cafeteria? Is that at this period of time? That'll be coming soon. So, you know, the, the perks of higher office include an office and a nice capital address, but people will be losing those so that the staff can begin flipping the offices to allow new members to move in when the Congress convenes early next year. So pretty soon, if you're looking for a member, one of the cafeterias with a cubicle in it might be the place to show up. Yeah, so there's a little bit of physical confusion going on on the Hill, too. Absolutely. Disruption is a kind of a, a factor in this session that we're about to enter into, for sure. And also adding some fuel might be the uh, nominees. There are some hearings, especially at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, a somewhat controversial nominee that passed the Senate Banking Committee. 
That's right. That's one of a stack of nominations that Majority Leader Mitch McConnell wants to use the floor time he has in the coming days, especially pending uh, some sort of spending bill coming down, to advance more of the president's um, team, both in the cabinet and, and sub-cabinet agencies, and then also looking at the judiciary. So coming into this week, he set up five votes, one of which is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau nominee. Um, that agency has obviously attracted a lot of attention, was created by the Dodd-Frank law under the Democrats. Republicans don't uh, always agree with its mission to date. And the acting director, Mick Mulvaney, who also has a day job as the head of the Office of Management and Budget, has tried to change some of the way the agency operates. This person, should she be confirmed, would have a full mandate in several years to begin to reshape the direction of the agency as she'd like to see it run. We're speaking with Bloomberg Government Editorial Director Lauren Duggan. Now, of course, the Senate is going to remain in Republican hands, so nominations that don't make it this time that would have are likely to continue to make it maybe the next time when the 116th comes in. But uh, you've also got you're also pointing out that on the government reform side in the House, there are several bills uh, pending. And there you have a party change coming and a leadership change. That's right. So on the Senate side, the Republicans will either have netted one or two seats, depending on what happens with the special election in Mississippi, where Cindy Hyde-Smith, is, who was appointed earlier this year, is trying to defeat Mike Espy to hold on to that seat. If she wins, the, the Republicans would have 53 members next year, two more than right now, which makes the nomination process a little easier, because with a only you know 51-49 majority, any defection made it a lot harder to get someone through. So that task will get easier. In terms of the House side, Wednesday is the big vote inside the caucus to figure out who the speaker nominee will be. Nancy Pelosi trying to win back the speaker's gavel that she lost when Democrats lost their nom- or their majority back in 2010. Um, but then in terms of what the agenda will be, we're going to have a pretty big flip there with Republicans going in the minority, Democrats taking over the gavels, and obviously investigations are going to be a big part of the agenda going into next year. The the bills you mentioned about coming up this week on the House floor are kind of bipartisan good government things. One of them would say, if you're buying a, an American flag, it should be made in the USA. Um, another trying to change how agency websites are run, and another trying to get feedback from the customers of government when agencies interact with, um, you you know, tax-paying citizens for goods or services or something like that, making sure that they're asking, how am I doing, and um, trying to get that feedback kind of systematized in, in a sense. Yes, a lot of agencies are actually pursuing that idea as they work on this idea of better customer experience, one of the president's management agenda items. Can you ask citizens to come in and say, hey, I love this, this didn't work, that kind of thing? It's not always legally that clear agencies can do it. Right. So this would try and give some guidance to agencies to figure out how to address that going forward. And it is part of the broader good government initiatives, including some of the things that the administration has been looking into um, under Kushner and other Jared Kushner and other people. So, yes. And when it comes to bills concerning federal management, other than pay and benefits issues, but every other issue tends to have bipartisan support in that committee, oversight and government reform. Right. It's sort of one of these weird kind of kind of crazy committees where when they have hearings and they're bringing government members in to be, you know, grilled, it can seem like a very partisan committee. But then a lot of these good government bills, as you note, they go by voice vote or even sometimes unanimous consent in the committee because there's broad agreement that government can do better and and here's things we can agree on. Now, over the years, the Postal Service has released stamps 
with, I guess, congressional approval at some level or their board of governors of all sorts of interesting celebrities outside of the political and elected realm and uh, in the cultural area. And now that might be happening to the post offices themselves. That's right. So one of the things that Congress does on a fairly regular basis is redesignate postal facilities after notable Americans. Now, a lot of these are the postmaster who worked in a post office for 30, 40 years or a famous member of Congress. But one of the bills coming up this week would name a post office near Seattle after Jimi Hendrix, the famous rocker and guitarist and singer. Uh, Apparently, the post office is about a mile from where he grew up or is in the part of Seattle near where he grew up. So Adam Smith, who most of us know is the ranking Democrat on the Armed Services Committee has introduced this bill with the backing of other members from Washington State to rename this post office after Jimi Hendrix. So another rare moment of bipartisanship over a long gone but still beloved rock star. Yeah, he died back in 1970, a long time ago. Yeah, I guess sometimes they, recognition takes its time, you know. Well, if they but, want any artifacts to put in that post office, they're going to have to contend with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and that's in Ohio. Absolutely. So some distance to travel for that guitar or pick or whatever they pick for that. <laughs> Lauren Duggan is editorial director of Bloomberg Government. As always, thanks so much. Thank you. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at, at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.